0: You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a
1: gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam. All right, let's go. go. go, go, go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network.
2: here on the finally Friday edition brought to you by Ben Folds 5. 639-4900. Baker Team Hotline. Text lines open 744-2990. Rick at New River Radio. Hope you're doing okay wherever you might be. Jen and Mike Ashley in the third hour. Can't wait for that. Get update on what's going on with Jen and Mike heading into the weekend. We got a lot of hoops going on. And don't and don't give, me give me back, back my, my black, black t-shirt, t-shirt. It's my favorite one. You can't keep it. We're not together anymore. You want to break in the relationship? Well, give me back my black t-shirt. All right, we open up the show talking about Liz Kitley. She breaks the all-time scoring record in uh, many, many less games, 113 games. She'll add to it here down the stretch. She hit the game winner last night at UNC. I think that's a great win for them. Really is. That's impressive. Kenny Brooks kind of highlighted that during our interview, and they got the dub, and they're on a roll. Congratulations to the Tech women. Let's go back to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning.
0: Big dog, big Al and gay lock. Hey, How are Hey, what's up, big Al? How you doing, man? I want you to explain something to me that I'm not smart enough to figure out.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'll try. I'll try. No promises.
0: Okay. Virginia Tech was ranked 11th. Duke was ranked 9th in women's basketball. We had a strong turnout. Beat them at Castle Coliseum. The women move up to number 9, go down, and win a thrilling game on a last-second shot against number 22 North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Neither game... Was on the ACC network. Can anybody explain that to me?
2: No, I have no explanation. I mean, I, that was on extra. They put it on the internet uh, broadcast. I don't know what they showed last night. I wonder what they were. You know, I didn't check. I wonder what they were showing last night on the ACC network during. They
0: were showing, the- I think it was the. It might have been Duke women. I know that last week when we played Duke, uh, and both teams were nationally ranked. They played a game that only had one ranked team. Same thing last night. It was a game in which it was only one ranked team. So I don't understand the program, and I thought the idea would be to get the best ranked teams to get the most viewership.
2: Well, I know locally when it's on that ACC extra, it usually shows up, depending on what package you have. Uh, one of the Massons will have it if you have that regional sports package. I don't know what I don't know what your system is. So it would have been on there, but uh, I don't know. I, it's part of that deal they have with the uh, the regional sports network and all that. It's just it's strange. It, it, is, it is a strange thing, and I know how frustrated fans are. I really do. It's 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 odd. It's odd.
0: Yeah, it's just inexplicable to me. People have finally gotten to where they could get it on Comcast, but now they can't get the content they want. And like I say, I don't know that you would have found a better game in the country last night, but yet they choose not to put those games on TV, and I just simply don't understand it. It's by far – ACC the, Network's – Yeah. Yeah, the ACC Network's been a mystery to me since yeah. it started.
2: It's the worst run. There's no question. There's been bad decision after bad decision about that network. I mean, it really has. They've missed. They've, mis- they've mismanaged the ACC Network since its inception.
0: They have, and they took a long time to get it established – and I would dare to say that it's generating nowhere near the revenue or interest that they hope.
2: No, not at all. It's it's lagging so far behind the the uh, Big Ten network is the one you know SEC network. The Longhorn network has failed miserably. But um, yeah, in terms of a conference, one the Pac-12 network's not existent. Big Twelve's you know they don't really have one. So yeah, it's 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 really it's really poorly done. It really is. All right, but dog, you have a great day. All right, you too, man. Have a good weekend. Appreciate you. But then again, it's an ESPN owned entity, so are we surprised? Is anyone surprised? Right? I mean, come on. Come on. Six three nine, forty nine hundred. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just the way it is, man. It's just it's just bad. It's just bad. Um, tomorrow, Virginia Tech's men's team will be uh playing Duke. And there's nothing they can do. I mean, I'm just going to say, I had people saying, hey, well, win tomorrow against Duke? No. There's nothing Virginia Tech can do in the regular season going forward that's going to put them back into NCAA tournament contention. They've blown that. They blew it before Miami, but losing to B.C. at home. Getting beat by lowly Georgia Tech on the road. It's it's not. They're going to have to win the ACC tournament again. They're done unless they win the tournament. They're not coming back through any kind of miracle formula. Virginia Tech this morning is 66 in the net. 66. In Ken Palm, they are 73. They're not going to be able to climb back through the mucky muck that they've created for themselves. They have to try to get playing the best that they can, some consistency here down the stretch. Duke is beatable. I know it's down in Durham. They've already beaten them once, and I know those teams have kind of switched around. Duke is not ranked. Think about that for a second. Bill mentioned this on Wednesday. This is the national game on ESPN because, well, it's Duke. And neither team's ranked on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock in that window. they, They crave so much. And you know what? It's kind of a damning statement on the ACC, to be honest. You have... Virginia and Carolina leading into that game. Who would have thought you'd be talking about those four teams, Virginia, Carolina, Tech, and Duke, and only one of the four being ranked, and that's Virginia, who's coming off just a a disgusting loss against Boston College. So who knows how they react tomorrow. But no, sure, it'd be great if Tech won. Against Duke. And, yeah, it would help their confidence a lot. But they finish up at Louisville, who's in last in the ACC, and then against Florida State, who has a horrible record. So, there's nothing they can do. Sure, they could finish on a three-game win streak and get to 19 wins, but that's still an NIT resume. It just is. I've been touting Miami. Miami. Watching them play, just look with your eyes. When you see Virginia and Miami play, you tell me who you see is a better basketball team. And then Virginia kind of helped out our little Miami movement here (laughs) when they lost against BC on the road. Look, Miami coming to Blacksburg and winning, I said it, it's something Virginia, it's something Duke, it's something Carolina, it's something Pitt could not do. So – They've got Florida State tomorrow. I think that'll go well for them. Florida State's 8-20, 6-11. And by the way, Tech fan who sent it in, I'm not trying to single you out, but Tech is 6-11 in ACC. 6-11. It's not a good league this year. There are some good teams that might go on runs in the tournament. I can see that happening, but the entity of the ACC isn't this mind-blowing conference. Boston College is ahead of Virginia Tech in the standings. All Right? Bill said five teams on Wednesday. Miami, Virginia, Pitt, Clemson, NC State. It'll go deeper than that because, let's be honest, there's a lot of folks in that room that will crater with Duke. Duke's going to be in. I think Clemson's okay. Pitt, I believe, has done enough. We'll see. I'm going to go on the higher end of it. I'm going to say six. And you know what? Because of who they are, North Carolina could finish strong, and they would probably get the benefit of the doubt. They might have to play in Dayton. But because it's North Carolina and those players, and they want ratings in their tournament, let's be honest, this happens a lot. They won't admit it, but it does. Trust me. CBS, the whole thing is all right. We're going to leave them out. We're going to put in some other team. Well, nobody's going to watch that team. Yeah, that's probably true. So, no, they can't. They can't play their way in in the regular season. They can't. But I'm going to stand by the other part of that equation. I mean, when you watch them play and they're on, you feel like they could go on a run again. I don't think they will because there's no keve aluma factor. And I don't think Tech is good enough defensively, at least they're not consistently good enough defensively, to go on the kind of run they had last year in the ACC. I just don't see it this year. Now, they could play for a long time in the NIT. They really could. I could see that happening. Bob said last night the ACC Network was showing a 90-minute infomercial on the smiling Starduster, Slim Whitman. (laughs) Really? Oh, well, okay. I wouldn't have minded to tune into that. So they decided to show a Slim Whitman documentary. I don't think that's true, Bob. I, I mean, I, I'd have to go look and see the, the programming schedule instead of Tech in, the, in Carolina. <laughs> <sighs> we're going to try to uh, corral Liz back on the show. She's been on, what, two or three times? I don't know how many times she's been on. She's great. And we're going to talk about everything. We can get her back next week. Um she needed 17 points last night. She broke the all-time tech scoring record in 113 games. That's 46 less than Aisha Shepard. That's how good she is. And she hit the shot last night. And I think this team deserves everything that it gets in the positive variety. They play the way you just you want to watch and appreciate. You just you, that that's what you do when you watch them play. You just fall into it. Sean Poppy, former associate head coach, now at Chattanooga, designed that play. Kenny Brooks talked about it. He said, we got the look right there that they thought they were going to get out of that last timeout. As soon as we saw that look, we called up that play. Kenny Brooks said, the only thing on my mind at that point, and it's got to be just a great feeling when you're a coach and you say, okay, this is what I think we're going to see out of the timeout. He looks out and he sees it. And he said this, and he was being honest. He said, the only thought going through my mind when I saw the way they were lined up out there, the formation they had and the play that we had called out of that inbound.'" was how am I going to celebrate because I know that that's going to be good. She shoots that shot thousands of times in the gym, and she makes nine out of ten of them every time. How about that? 21 points, another double-double for Liz, 10 rebounds. 51 of them, by the way. 51 double-doubles. She's the greatest women's basketball player in Virginia Tech history. She's one of the greatest women's players in ACC history. And unlike the men's side of the ACC this year, the ACC Women's League is an absolute gauntlet that Tech has navigated through flawlessly. In Virginia Tech now, I believe... And I've said it before the win yesterday. I said it before the Duke win. They're my favorites to win the whole thing in the tournament. I think – I'm talking about the ACC tournament. And I really believe, depending on the matchups they get, especially spurred on by what's going to be probably sold-out crowds at Castle Coliseum in the first two rounds, I think this team has a wonderful opportunity to – Find a path to the Final Four. I know that's a long ways away. But last night is a grinder. Last night is a rock fight. They don't just have to light it up shooting threes and having Liz go off. They had to work last night. Carolina had a lot of adversity they created for Kenny's offense until they needed it the most. And then they designed the play to win the game. Last night, in case you missed it. Inbound. And now it's going to buffer.
1: Kidley
2: well, anyway. <laughs> Liz Kidley at the horn. Tried to play it for you, but it kept buffering on me. Ah, oh, modern technology. But you got to hear a little bit of it. Then the celebration ensues. Lives his dad in the stands, hugging everybody wearing Carolina blue. <laughs> he didn't care. I don't blame him. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Love to hear from you here on this Friday. We're having some fun on a Friday. Jen and Mike Ashley, more fun in the final hour. Rapidly coming to the conclusion of another week here on the program. Stay with us. We're coming up.
1: Getting your day started correctly with the finest sports talk known to all mankind. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty. Pretty, pretty good. Big Dog Sports Talk returns next on WRAD.
2: For a birthday today The person didn't want me to mention Who's having a birthday today Just know that I'm extremely fond of this individual (laughs) And this person may or may not be a huge widespread panic fan Wasn't sure which one to play But I went with Ain't Life Grand Because I do like this song So happy birthday, unnamed person And I hope you have many, many more ahead on the docket. There you go. I mean, heck, we do listener requests. We do birthday wishes. I mean, it's the Friday edition, so perfect time to have all this happen. <laughs> all right, there you go. There's the widespread panic birthday song for unnamed person. All right, we're about to hit our news break coming up. Then we'll come back with the second half of Hour 2. Jen and Mike Ashley in the third hour. Whatever might be on your mind, we would love to hear from you. Very few things I like more than conversing with you, the smarting, smartest listening audience in radio. Text lines always open seven four four twenty nine ninety. Good stuff all the way around. Glad we're at the end of the week, heading into the weekend. Senior day tomorrow at Radford's, always very emotional. Should be a good crowd on hand. And Longwood last night with their win at Gardner Webb basically clinched the number two seed in the Big South. So, Radford's going to finish three or four, depending on the results of tomorrow's games. And we won't know until sometime after five o'clock tomorrow exactly where they'll be seated and when we'll be playing. A week from today is the Big South tournament quarterfinals. Taking a break, coming back, more coming up. To the 1979 world series shall we we are family
1: i got all my
2: sisters with me. pirates we and the baltimore orioles the pirates in those just wonderful black and gold uniforms sometimes they'd wear the black pant the yellow top sometimes they'd reverse it Sometimes it was all black. Sometimes it was all yellow. Sometimes they wore the pinstripes back when uniforms were worn as God intended. Orioles had their orange and black. We are family with Willie Stargell. My goodness gracious. That was a great World Series. That was a great time for baseball as you're a younger person coming up. Well, you had Bill Madlock. Who am I going to leave out? Let's see. You had Bill Madlock, Omar Moreno. Remember Omar Moreno? Johnny Milner. He was in the outfield. Lee Lacey, the old designated hitter slash infielder. Phil Gardner. Remember Phil Gardner? I think Tim Foley was on that team. I think. That's the pirate side of it. And the O's had Mark Belanger, Al Bumbery, Doug DeSensei. Oh, Rick Dempsey, who I met in an elevator in Cincinnati. Rick Dempsey, who's been on the program. He was on the old program. Oh, yeah, no doubt, Dave Parker. Rennie Stennett was on that team. Manny Sanguian. What a great series that was. Mm. 639-4900. Willie Stargell was the MVP, by the way, of both the World Series and the NLCS. Seven games. We are family. They played that at the victory parade.
1: Good
2: stuff. 74429. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Man, that brings back some good memories. Willie Stargell. Mm. Earl Weaver. Just some great great personalities. Great baseball players. And then you went from that, you know, from you leave the 70s and you head into this decade of the 80s. And baseball in my opinion, got even better, right? I believe what you then you had the Phillies win over Kansas City the next year, nineteen eighty. Tug McGraw, kind of the, the highlight of that, uh, getting the final out, jumping up and down. Good stuff, man. As we were all much younger. Loving the purity of the game, the great stars. Pete Rose and the Phillies, just good stuff, man, good stuff. But what a marketing tool. We are family in that Pirates team. Hmm. Yeah, that's right, the next year, right, Wayne? 81, is that right? Dodgers beating the – Yankees was that the next year if I'm not mistaken. Let me look that one up. I think that was '81, wasn't it? The very next year after the Phils got their uh, World Series win. Yeah, Dodgers beat them uh, four games to two. That was a good Dodgers team though. Pedro Guerrero, Steve Yeager behind the plate. Ronnie say the penguin. You ever want to see something funny? Remember they had um, athletes, it wasn't Battle of the Network Stars, the superstars, it was called the superstars, and they had current athletes doing things, um, competition with one another. And there's a funny one that is one of the funniest ones ever. When you see Ron Say trying to run – (laughs) Hey, <laughs> a race. I don't know if it was a 100-yard dash because he was, like, five foot five, and he had those little legs, right? Ah, here we go. Here we go.
1: The first superstars was held in 1973. It's Frank
2: Gifford, by the way.
1: The former Olympic ball champion Bob Segrin capturing the title. Segrin completely dominated the competition as he beat John claude Keeley by 21 points. And that's still the record for the largest margin of victory.
2: It's like a superstar's Bob Segrin, history.
1: Champion. Bob returned to defend his title in 1974, but Kyle Rote Jr., the rookie soccer sensation of the Dallas Tornado, showed great all-around ability, turning back Segrin's bid. For
2: Kyle Rote Jr., title. the Dallas Tornado soccer.
1: 1975, the juice. O.J. Simpson, oh. the top running back in the NFL, defeated both Rote and Segrin. OJ established a then record of 9.69 seconds in the 100-yard dash and was just as proficient in the obstacle course as he won superstars OJ
2: Simpson running away from competitors instead of well law enforcement
1: ...circle once again a feat he was to duplicate the following year. In 1978 water Wayne Grimdge won a record 51 Wayne Grimdge who although not as well known as some of the other competitors. Thanks Wayne's Frank you're right. At least <laughs> in virtually every event Proved to be the key.
2: Uh, that was good, good timing.
1: 1979. Greg, Greg Pruitt, Pruitt,
2: the former now, Browns Prince running Steve back. Oh, back man, I love Greg first. Pruitt.
1: And Last year, former USC running back Charles White. Charles, Charles White. God rest, rest his soul. It was the closest final ever as White edged Russ Francis by only one and three-quarter points.
2: Ah, oh, good stuff. That's Frank Gifford kind of doing a his superstar's history from 73 to 80. Nowadays, you couldn't do the superstars because agents wouldn't allow it and teams probably wouldn't sign off on it because of injury, just like we're seeing in the Pro Bowl. It's good stuff, man. Greg Pruitt doesn't get enough credit because he was kind of overshadowed by Walter Payton and Earl Campbell during that same era. Those Cleveland Browns teams. Hmm. Brian Sype, Ozzie Newsom. Then you had Mike Pruitt as well. Man, that's just this just brings back some memories there. The classic playoff game against the Raiders that they gave away. But the superstars, there's a funny bit. You can see it, Ron Say trying to run this race, and he's got those little legs, and he gets completely blown away in the competition. As this all comes full circle as to why we're talking about Ron Say, just thinking about We Our Family and those uh Awesome uh, late 70s, early 80s World Series when baseball was still truly, even though football had made its mark, was still truly at that time, I think, America's pastime, but not any longer. Not any longer. It's been gone for a long, 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 long time. And football has ruled this country for many years, and it will continue going forward. It's not going away. Even with the challenges in college football, with everything with the NIL, with the portal and all the frustration, as we see the continued professionalization of college athletics, in the long run, it's never going to come back where baseball is going to surpass or anything. Here in this country is going to surpass football ratings numbers that the Super Bowl got. You know the world. You have soccer in the World Cup, right? And everybody's talking about, oh, it's the biggest event. Did you see? Did you see the difference in people who watch the Super Bowl and the World Cup, and not even here in this country, but worldwide? I mean, it's it's incredible, but unfortunately, that's what's allowed Roger Goodell to skate as really one of the absolute worst commissioners, because the billions of dollars that TV is helping bring in, media rights deals. Can't wait to see how the league completely ignores fans' frustrations as the Sunday ticket moves to YouTube. I'm sure they're going to handle that really well. I'm sure, that's going to go hand in hand. YouTube handling something, the juggernaut that is the NFL Sunday ticket. That'll be great. What an abstract disaster that could be. Unless the NFL gets directly involved with the production and, and helping them out. Woo. We could be lined up for a nightmare. That could happen. Rick, heard you talking about running backs. This is Mike listening in Bedford. Who do you think is the best all-time back? Oh, well, Mike. I mean, best all-time football player in my mind is still Jim Brown, the former Browns running back. And a lot of times you see highlights of players in their era, and you say, well – That would never hold up today. I'd like to see those guys go up against so-and-so today. Jim Brown would still be the best player in the NFL if he were playing today and he was in his prime. Still. You talk about a physically imposing dude now. Especially in today's NFL where the offense is given so much more latitude than the defense. I mean, you could hit somebody back when Jim Brown was playing in the 60s, and you could take their heads off, and you could do all sorts of things. You could almost literally get them in a pile and just start punching them. I mean, my goodness. He's one that you see the old highlights, and you never say, boy, that wouldn't work today. Yeah, yeah, it really would. (laughs) He would be just fine. Trust me. I mean, my goodness, he scored Raquel Welch there for a while, so. <laughs> One of the highlights of my life was just a brief meeting with him. We were at that Hall of Fame induction in 2004 with Elway and Barry Sanders and Carl Eller, and um, it was the last day we were there. And, and you know, he, he goes to Canton a lot. Still there in Ohio, and he's always there for that event. Because I think the former players still look at Jim Brown as saying, there's the Holy Grail right there. There's there's the living embodiment of the Hall of Fame is Jim Brown. And then we were walking and, and we were taking our stuff and we were parked in there's a little lot adjacent to the the front steps of the original Hall of Fame building. They've built extra wings onto it because it's gotten so large with all the memorabilia and Hall of Famers as the classes expand the membership. And we loaded up the station van, and I remember looking, and he was just kind of standing there. He came out, and there were, you know, people taking pictures, wanting him to sign autographs, and he, you know, he did. And I I looked at – Brian Brubaker was the producer. This was the first run of the show. And this was shortly after um, you know, we had um, broken the news about Tech going into the ACC. So we were in a good spot. And I looked at Brian and I said, i got to go up there and say, hey, man, I'm never going to have this opportunity. And I just went up to him and I said, Mr. Brown, we've been here broadcasting the last few days. I just wanted to uh, – Say hello, shake your hand, and, and say how much I enjoyed watching your highlights over the years. And I remember him, without missing a beat, goes, highlights? <laughs> you were <laughs> you calling me old or something like that? And I was just like, no, 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 no. And then he said, well, thank you very much. That's very nice. And he did the the handshake, and then he used his other hand to cover the handshake, you know. That's what made it really, really cool. And by the way, of all the people's hands that I've shaken in my life, I don't think my hand's ever been shaken any harder than when Jim Brown did it, and not like not trying to like do the old hey, I'm gonna show you like like you know in um, the Predator. remember when you see uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, and they do <laughs> Dutch, and he does the old huh, the strength competition, and he brings Butch, uh, Dutch wins the thing, and Apollo says no, no, hey man, easy going, Dutch. It wasn't that kind of handshake, but I'm just telling you, I mean, you know you're shaking the hand of a real man there. But he did the old off-hand cover. It makes you feel even better. I didn't want an autograph. I wasn't trying. I just wanted to shake his hand. I think he really appreciated that. At least I'd like to think that he did. And it only lasted maybe a minute. That was it, minute or two. I'm, I'm out. See you. I just wanted to say, hey, have a great day. He said, thank you. You guys be safe. He asked me, where are you from? Virginia, Will you guys be safe heading back? Glad you were able to, to be here for the celebration. That's what he said. And that was it. That was it. That's my brief, my brief moment with the guy that I still think is the greatest uh, of all time. Although I agree with you, Wayne. If I had to pick another one in the modern era, it's Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders over Walter Payton, over Earl Campbell, over Eric Dickerson, over anybody who's out there now. Emmett Smith, I mean, go watch, there's about, I don't know, a hundred Barry Sanders highlight clips on YouTube. Go watch a couple of them, and then you can get back to me. We'll be back. They're
1: talking Highlanders. They're talking Hokies. What the heck are you even talking about? If it's local sports you seek, look no further. You found it. Don't you love? Know? More BDST next on the WRAD Talk Network. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. Like he
0: said, hey, this is Bobby Bell, the Hall of Famer from Kansas City. You are listening to the Big Dog Sports Talk Show. I
2: play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due.
0: My man, a fiddling
2: old against your soul, because I think I'm better than you, huh? The boy said, My All right, name's wrapping up Hour 2. we got Jen and sin, Mike Ashley. But Cuda. I'll take your bet you're going to regret, because I'm the best as ever been.
1: Johnny Rosen, up your
2: poet, play your All right, so hard. birthday person is requesting that I finish the song. Here we go, birthday person. This is uh, widespread panic.
1: A About
2: a minute left here. He said, this is what I needed to hear. Okay, I'm going to let it play. There you go. There you go. Again, happy birthday. We try to aim to please. There you go. Good stuff. That's what we try to do. That's what we try to do here on the program. (laughs) Uh, Someone sent a uh, text message in. Just think about that backfield for a moment, and you're right. Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas. Got to go back to this, too. Chicken and bread. Granny does bite, no No, my dog doesn't bite, Granny. The devil bowed his head because he knew that he'd been beat he laid that golden fiddle on the ground yeah. at Johnny's feet. Well, I got to hear the Johnny's good said, version. Devil, here. just come on back if you ever want to try again. I done told you once, you son of a bitch. I'm the best yeah. you ever been. He played All right. You're not getting some watered down current country music station's going to play the son of a gun version if they even play this song at all. But uh, yeah, you're going to get the real deal. The way God intended <laughs> with that verse. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry it's just the way, it's the way it rolls here on the program uh-huh. good stuff good stuff alright and good stuff from you Jen the Gamecock girl which is always good stuff on the other side of the break when we come back hour three the final hour of another week hope you're okay wherever you might be we'll be back